It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The Oklahoma City Thunder lost to the Toronto Raptors. Is the sky falling after this loss on the road? We'll talk about it coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team... Every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by FanDuel, we're going to dive into the loss to the Toronto Raptors. Is the sky falling for the Oklahoma City Thunder? SGA drops 29 points. Josh Giddy plays efficient, and Trey Mann might be back while Lou Dort struggles in this game. Look, obviously, Chet was out, Poco was out. Kinnish was out. Jared Butler was out. The Thunder had their usual starting lineup, SGA, Giddy, Dort, J-Dub, J-Whale, and they lost. And every loss this season has had Skya's falling energy from it. And I just want to put these losses in perspective. Like, remember Tuesday, like we were throwing a parade on Tuesday after beating the Nets. So... If they were to beat the Raptors, we'd be doing the same thing because that would mean the Thunder had won that game. The Lakers had just lost to the Houston Rockets days before, you know, the day before. Like, every loss, this is the NBA. It's it, The NBA is very fickle, game to game. Random things happen. If you think back to that loss against the Lakers, no AD, no LeBron, no D'Lo. They lost to the Lakers, and the season was over. Pack it in, time to tank. 
And you went from that extreme to what happened on Tuesday whenever the, this team was in the eighth seed. Toronto's a good team at home. Like, at home, they're 22-13. and 13. They're a good team with Jacoporto back, you know, getting, getting him traded back to them at the deadline. And the Thunder have not been good on, have not been good on the road. So I get it. The excitement of, hey, in the eighth seed right now, you know, Minnesota lost, Lakers lost. Uh, this game can get the Thunder back to five, you know, up to 500 uh, for the first time this year. And it didn't happen, so it's disappointing. And I thought that this game was going to go incredibly for OKC because I figured, hey, SGA's back in Toronto, all the excitement around it kind of continuing that winning streak. That didn't happen. But this is not a football season. Not every loss is some travesty. You're, you're not you're not looking for a selection committee. You're not looking for style points. You're not looking for you know a, a 12-game sample size. They're going to play 82 games. And they've seen some crazy results, just as every team has, like the Lakers losing to the Rockets. Portland has lost four straight games. New Orleans is 3-7 and seven in the last 10 games and dealing with injuries. Like, those are the teams that you are concerned with. And in fact, OKC, in their last 10 games, they're 6-4. and four. The only team in the Western Conference who has a better than 6-4 and four record in their last 10 games is the Sacramento Kings, who are 8-2. They're great. You know, they're, they're playing great. But in this season, the Thunder have beat the Celtics, they've beat the 76ers, they've beat the Cavs, they've beat the Nuggets, they've beat the Grizzlies, they've beat the Knicks, They've beat the Clippers twice. Like, in this season, they've gotten some massive wins. In this season, they've gotten some hard losses. And that's why you just got to play the season out. Like, every loss doesn't have to mean, okay, pack it in. Okay, it's over. Just give up. And every win doesn't have to mean playing the parade and and, and they're going to go in a championship. We don't know how the season's going to end. You can just let it play out. There, There is hardly any likely wins and likely losses in the NBA, the Almighty Suns, who come to town on Sunday, they just beat Orlando by three. Like they, they, they had to, they had to play a tightly contested game against Orlando at home, in Phoenix. So, when they lose this game, it's easy to doom scroll and to spiral and and what was thrown around in, in my mentions on Twitter yesterday. Oh, that's very likely that they go zero and four now, zero and five, zero and six. Like just just throwing out these numbers, it's not very likely that they do anything. They might go zero and four. They might go 4-0, but very likely is just like you're just doing that based off one game because after Tuesday, I guarantee you, you know, what has said it's very likely that they're going to beat Toronto and they're going to go on a run, right? So just remember that basketball is not like football. I've, I've, I've been using that analogy throughout the entire season. It's not like football. Like This is just the way NBA life works. And the upcoming schedule for OKC, remember, the only teams that matter in all of this in terms of the standings, are the Thunder, Portland, New Orleans, the Lakers, and then, of course, you have Minnesota and Dallas, too. But, like, someone has to get in. And so every team right now, besides the Lakers, they're playing well you know, for their fan base for, compared to what they were. doesn't matter. Every, every fan base right now, like, between Portland and Utah and, um, you know, New Orleans, they all feel down on their respective teams. But somebody's got to get into the plan. Somebody's got to find their way in. And this is the Thunder schedule. You play the Suns on Sunday. Yeah, the Suns are great. It's a 2.30 tip. Things can get weird at 2.30. You're at home where you've played really well. Um, obviously, the team's going to want to 
uh, get back on track. But like the Suns game, sure, on paper, should be a loss. Again, I, I wouldn't say that it's for sure a loss, but you know, on paper, Suns should win that game. Then you travel out west, and this is where it gets tough. At Clippers, at Clippers, and that baseball-style series with a day off in between, the same baseball-style series that you played in OKC where you uh, swept the Clippers, but again, they didn't have Kawhi uh, back then. Um, now, could you split that? Sure. Could you go 0-2? Sure. Could you go 2-0? Oh, sure. I'm in, I am I do not want this to be conflated. I don't care if you think that they're going to go 0-4. Like that's, a, that's a very reasonable you know bet because 0-4 would mean, you know, Suns, Clippers, Clippers, Lakers loss, or 0-4 would mean, if you just want to talk about the road trip, Clippers loss, Clippers loss, Lakers loss on a back-to-back, no Shea, and then in Portland, which would be like just a, just a slip-up. Okay, I mean, that's, that could happen. But we just don't know what will happen. So to act like because of this loss, the season's over, the season's down the drain, uh, you know, pack it in, just let the season play out. The, the beautiful thing about the season is, it doesn't really matter. Like, if they don't make the play-in, they're going to be in the lottery. And if they're in the lottery, they have a shot to jump up. And if they don't jump up, they're still in the lottery, and they have the assets to go move up into the middle of the lottery or whatever destined pick that you dream of. And if they make the play-in, that's great. You know, this this young team gets a chance to, to play in a playoff atmosphere. That's awesome. Like, it doesn't matter which way it goes. We can all have the opinions of, like, what they, what we think would be best moving forward. And I think that, I think that the... That the situation that is so complicated for maybe fans is like as a fan base, if you're looking at it from a strictly you know, team building perspective, yeah, the, the, the better the pick, the, the awesome, the more awesome this gets, but you understand that, Hey, as a fan and also for the players, they're going to want to make the play. And so like, you're kind of rooting for that as well. It gets all conflated, it gets all confusing, but I would just say, do not continue to live in the game to game nature of all of this. Because that losing streak that the Thunder went on after the All Star break, like it, it, you know, it, 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 it can all get turned around in a hurry in the NBA with how tightly contested these standings are. It can get turned around both good and bad, and this is so far a one off loss. But even that losing streak out of the All Star break, this is how topsy turvy it is. If Shea shot banks in, and they win that game against Utah. Then they lose the next, you know, three or four because because Shea got hurt. But if that shot banks in, we think of that stretch completely differently as well. Like it, it's literally a bounce of a ball. It's okay. Like it, whatever happens the rest of the year is going to happen. But look, there's a remaining schedule. Suns in the afternoon. Things can get weird. Uh, but let's just say loss, right? Because that's the most that's the most probable outcome. At Clippers. At Clippers. I don't know about you, but the Clippers have been pretty inconsistent. I don't feel comfortable like just predicting a sweep, you know, like the Clippers get, you know, the sweep, sweep the thunder. So let's do a split, but, but I do understand if you want to say sweep, that's fine. But, but I'm going to say a split because I just, I don't feel comfortable saying that this Clipper squad is going to take care of business twice in a row because so far they haven't really done that. Lakers in LA on a back-to-back, likely no Shea, uh, you know, if, if they stick to the whole back-to-back plan, which there's no reason to believe that they wouldn't. So let's say no Shea against the Clip against the Lakers. Um, again, Lakers have lost to the Houston Rockets, but let's say a loss because it is a back-to-back. And uh, at some point, you would think that this young team who isn't quite adjusted, these rookies are not quite adjusted to playing 82 games. Uh, and really, the second-year guys didn't play 82 games last year. So, you know, maybe they're not used to playing it. They're going to hit a wall at some point on these back-to-back stretches in a very condensed schedule. Sure, loss. So right there, that's two more losses, which would be three straight if, if we give them the first Clippers loss 
instead of the second Clippers loss. So three straight losses, then a win, then a loss to the Lakers. Portland is just not good. I know what we thought about them in the preseason. I know what we think of Dame and how great that he is. He should. They're just not good. They're not good defensively. You're going to have Shea back to in the road trip. Like, they're just not good. That's a win. The Hornets, not good. That's a win. The Pistons, on a back-to-back, no Shea. It should, and again, it shouldn't matter, but you lost to the Pistons earlier this year whenever you had Shea. So, take that with a grain of salt. But nonetheless... If this team is gonna is gonna make a play in, they're gonna take care of business against the against the uh, Pistons. Pacers back with Shea. Uh, again, I say a win there. I, I can see a loss if if you want to, uh, but that is right there. Four straight wins, and then first the Suns again loss at the uh, Warriors again, likely a loss because the Warriors are gonna still be joshing for position at Jazz. I mean, this is the season right here, and I'm gonna say it's a win at at Utah. Could be wrong, but I'm saying it's a win. And so we just go through this whole schedule, and even though yesterday felt so awful because of the anticipation and, and the anticipatory nature of um, of this whole season, or, or like uh, of this whole stretch and, and, and getting the 500 and kind of getting over that hump of this season on, on, on Thursday against the Raptors, because of all that, this loss feels terrible, but it can all level out. And then you play the, the, the Grizzlies the last game of the year. Um, who knows where the Grizzlies are going to be at that point? Like, they could have already solidified their standings where they don't care about the game. They might care about the game, though, still, because the standings are so tight. So let's go ahead and safely predict a loss there to end the year. And, and that's kind of the stretch. Like, it's a very manageable stretch. And, sure, they could still miss the play-in. But I still do not have my opinion changed on where this team is at based upon that one game. And that's all that I'm really talking about here with OKC. It was one game. I still feel like blind resume test, the Thunder of the third best net rating since January 1st, like are better than the teams chasing them in the play-in. And by the way, the Thunder currently today, 34 and 36, they're a half game up on the play-in. Like they're, they're in the play-in still, even with this loss. Like I think that they're going to finish there, but they might not. We'll have to wait and see. Coming up though, how did the Thunder lose to Toronto and SGA continues to dominate in this season, which is very impressive considering the way that it felt uh, watching that game early on for SGA and for OKC. But today, this show is brought to you by the Nissan Aria. Folks, go shop now at NissanUSA.com, and it's time to crown our electric player of the week. What better player to crown than SGA? SGA has dominated basketball this year. Averaging 31 points a game. Uh, Steve Nash even gave him you know, props on Twitter yesterday as there was an, an article written uh, about how he might be uh, the, the the next great Canadian basketball player as in like the next greatest of all time from Canada surpassing Steve Nash. Uh, so maybe he reaches that height, but for sure this week he is locked on Thunder's Nissan Most Electric Player brought to you by the all-new all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Uh, you can go there right now and see how SGA is electric and plays with brilliant fierce. Now, SGA, in this game, what's so special about him is that it felt like the Raptors were game planning very well for him. It felt like the Raptors were handling him. But you look up and it's like, well, not so fast, my friends. Like this, he's actually gotten 29 points on 63% shooting from the floor. That, that was the most impressive part of SGA's game. And that kind of signifies how impressive that SGA has been all year long, where it can feel like the length and the size is overwhelming 
the Thunder and 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 they have such a great game plan for stopping their the Thunder's best player. And yet it's an efficient 31 points. It's an efficient 29 points. It's an efficient, you know, X amount of points that he scores every single night. So that's awesome. And 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 that just shows his fiercely elegant power and, and, and his and his brilliant electricity. Go check it out today. It's the 2023 Nissan Aria packed uh, packed a uh, your seat punch with premium intelligence, all in one EV, all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at nissanaria.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. And we're going to talk about how the Thunder lost to the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors controlled this game, and that was the bottom line. The Raptors handled every single run that the Thunder threw at them, and, and that was impressive. The Thunder, typically a great third-quarter team. They get the buzzer beater at the end of the half by Shea to make it a five-point game. They head into their best quarter, the third quarter. In that third quarter, they get the game to a four-point game, to a five-point game, to a six-point game. You know, they get the game down to a five-point game again, a six-point game. Like they, they get the game down to where if they can just string together a couple of stops, it's all going to turn around in the game on the road in Toronto trying to get back to 500. And the Raptors just fended them off. The Raptors cashed on their open shots when the, when the Thunder were late to rotations, but they also hit some difficult shots. Like they also hit some, some tough shots in the mid range uh, and, and with a hand in their face and they knocked it down. And so they, they survived at home, 11 lead changes, five ties. And, and the big thing here is Toronto dominated in three key areas. They dominate the glass 59, 39, which led to them dominating second chance points, 21 to 12. And then Toronto beat the Thunder at their own game. Fast break points category, which I've been talking about for two years now, is, is good for the Thunder whenever whenever they win. They typically win this category. Toronto just absolutely embarrasses the Thunder in the fast break category, 23-6. to six. And a lot of that's due to Oklahoma City having three more turnovers than Toronto had in this game. And the Raptors capitalizing off of those. That's a rarity. If you watch the Thunder team, the, the reason that they've been so good is because they always, always, always force the, the, the opponent to turn the ball over more than they do. And that didn't happen tonight. Toronto kept the turnovers down, and they turned OKC over. OKC actually won points in the paint by two points, uh, but still, the, the glass and the second-chance points were the difference maker. Toronto shot 48% from the floor, 43% from three, and 71% at the line. OKC shot 42, 42, and 90. The big difference was from the floor, 48 to 42, but OKC dominates at the line, but they didn't get enough calls. Like they, they didn't get enough uh, opportunities at the line. Like Toronto, uh, and I think in the first quarter, like a ten nothing free throw uh, attempt advantage for SG, for, you know for SGA and for the Thunder, who lead the NBA in drives. And so those kind of things happen. It's happened against Toronto way more often than not. So it is what it is. You just kind of have to live with it at that point. Uh, but that's how the Thunder lose to Toronto, and that's how you know this this kind of all started with the whole doomsday scrolling on Twitter yesterday, which I thought was 
uh, hilarious from this fan base. Trey Mann. I, I've got to give Trey Mann credit and also Mark credit. Like, I think that Mark, you know, how he mentioned that the the, the opportunities are going to come back to Trey Mann, they're going to come back to Jerry, and they've got to be ready for him. It came back to Trey Mann in a big game. SGA and Lou Dort returning to Canada. This game can get them to 500, can keep their winning streak alive. They won six of the last seven. Like, you know, this is a big game, big moment. And when Trey Mann first got inserted into the game, it was a tight, competitive, close game. And Mark put him in that spot to see, hey, what can he do with it? Because, and the game, of course, didn't didn't devolve, you know, didn't didn't turn into this close, competitive, back and forth, down to the wire game. It got crazy at the end. But because if you can play meaningful minutes in a meaningful game to break out of this cold streak, that's the type of thing that can, can that can kind of catapult your season and kind of make you and, and turn you into going from a cold streak to a hot streak. And Trey Mann played really well. 12 points, two rebounds, an assist, two for three from three, 55% from the floor. He had the dunk, a tough rim finish, a step back three. This is a huge game for him and a huge game to get him back in the mix. And now here's the problem, though. Or, or not the problem, but you know, the question or, or, or the what to watch for looking forward. Can Trey Mann stack these games on each other? Because so far, he hasn't been able, been able to. It's been like five bad games in a row, a good game. Okay, is he back? Is he cooking? Uh, nope, four more bad games in a row. Did not play, did not play, did not play, did not play over this last stretch of games. Like, can this truly kind of change the course of his season this year? He's still a really young guy, still learning the NBA. He took a charge in this game. Uh, which was great. But I thought it was great by Mark to put Trey Mann in this game and in this situation and see how he did. Because he also did the same thing for Jeremiah Robinson Earl. So it's not as though, um, you know, what I'm pointing out here is Trey Mann got to play, you know, however many minutes in this game, a, a few minutes, obviously. Uh, but he did the same thing for Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who only got to play nine minutes. Like Trey Mann got to play 20 minutes, 21 minutes. JRE got to play nine minutes. So he tried them both in this environment. He tried them both in this setting. But Jerry did not play well, so he got pulled. It was not like a, like a okay, we're, we're, we're only going toward development here. We're not trying to win. They were trying to win, but they are also trying to develop and, and trying to, to get guys back kind of in the, in the swing of things. And it didn't work for Jerry, so they got him off the floor and, and kind of tried to figure out something better to put out there. And it worked for Trey Mann. And one of these days, it'll swing back over to Jerry, and hopefully it'll work for him as well. Uh, Josh Giddy played well, I think. You know, w- w- you know, all things considered, 13 points, 7 rebounds, and assists, a steal, 1 for 2 from 3, and then 54% from the floor. An efficient 13 points w- was good for Josh Giddy. He had the the just incredible behind-the-back pass at the elbow to uh, Jay Whale, and, and that is just... Wow. It was jaw-dropping, honestly, for Josh Giddy's pass. And so that was good. That was good. J-Dub, the thing with him, he tried to end Christian Cloco's career, gave him an elbow to the face on accident, uh, cutting through the basket, uh, trying to dunk on him and posterize him. Um, ultimately, 15 points, three assists, seven rebounds, was not as efficient as he usually is. I mean, he shot in this game at 36%. I don't care about that. I don't, I don't care about his efficiency. I think that he's proven he can be a very efficient shot maker. What I would have liked to see more of from J-Dub was just more shots from him. Just, just, Purely more shots from, especially in that end of the third, start of the fourth quarter area, where it's still a six game point game, seven point game, and SGA's not on the floor. 
and you don't, you can't let this game you know get get blown open, which is where Josh Giddy and Jay Dub have to step up and Lou Dort to step up in those moments. And you know Josh Giddy had a couple of turnovers. Jay Dub you know didn't wasn't able to, to to make some shots, and Lou Dort just was not having a great night at all. And that that stretch right there, the start of the fourth quarter, ended the game. So we'll talk about Lou Dort. We'll talk about what's to come all coming up. But first, I want to say right now, my good friends over at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is awesome. It is it is a place for you to go and get some better help. BetterHelp is just great for if you're trying to get into therapy. And, and, and therapy, of course, is awesome to, to use. You can go to betterhelp.com slash lockdown today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA to get started. That's locked in NBA to get started with a 10% off of your first month. If you're thinking about starting therapy, get better help, give better help a try. It's entirely online and designated to be convenient, flexible, and suitable for your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire. It's going to match you with a licensed therapist, which you can switch at any time. If, if they match you with a therapist and you'd rather try a different therapist, you can switch that at any time with no additional charge. So just go right now to betterhelp.com slash NBA. That's betterhelp.com slash NBA to get started and get 10% off your first month because it's great and a great tool to use. Um, betterhelp.com slash NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. We are going to talk about Lou Dort. But first, thank you so much for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out the Lockdown NBA show, a national perspective on all basketball. Lou Dort, terrible night. I mean, like, there's there's nothing else to really say about it. He took some ill-advised shots as well that really um, hindered the Thunder's ability in this game to to stream together good offensive possessions. Uh, and, and the one through the hit was in the corner, which was where he should be camping out a lot. And it was a great job by him. He relocated very well to the corner, uh, uh, you know, kind of got himself open for SGA to spray out to him um, after SGA kind of dove through through the lane. The bottom line is, like, as frustrating as it is, we know the deal. Like, until Lou Dort is, is less aggressive offensively because other players are being more aggressive offensively, and it puts him more in a restricted role offensively. There's going to be nights like this. There's also going to be nights like like Tuesday, where he blitzes the Nets from three in, in the third quarter and turns the whole game on its head and, and, and allows the Thunder to win. The Thunder do not win that game on Tuesday without that three quarter, you know, that third quarter three barrage by Ludor. And you can make the argument that you know if you don't go two for eleven, the Thunder have a better chance to st- stick around in this game on Thursday. Kind of the the, the duality of Ludor, but. This was not a good night from him. He took a lot of ill-advised shots, I felt like, but this is just the formula of this season and of this current roster. And as these players develop more around him and as you get Chet Holmgren back and as you you know select another guy in the draft and, and however else you want to flesh out this roster through trades or whatever, like like the, the hope is, the idea is, 
that this kind of pushes him down the ladder. And I think that Mark revealed some of that earlier in the season. He was talking about how um, every guy comes in kind of like a number line and like some guys come in where they're, they're too fit into the, to the team. Some guys come in where they're too aggressive and you're trying to get all of those guys closest as possible to the middle because you really want them to all be kind of right in the middle of being way too fit in-ish and like kind of reserved or like timid or just wanting to play their role. And you want them to be in the middle of, you know, from the extreme of taking too many shots, just kind of hunting for their own shots and stuff like that. So he's talking about how, and the examples that he used was J-Dub needs to be more aggressive and closer to the middle on the aggressive side. And then Lou Dort needs to be less aggressive. It needs to be more like J-Dub of fitting in more on that middle side to where they, if they can meet in the middle, it'll be really, really good for the team. So like the, the team is aware that these kind of nights happen. And I think that some of it too, like cannot be undersold these guys are humans. Like these guys feel emotion. This is not 2K where like every game is just a monotonous same thing of of clicking your controller, going to the arena and playing a basketball game. Like each game has their different emotions to them. And and for Lou Dort to return home and to play in front of, you know, his home team, his home crowd, to have I'm sure many family members there and friends there uh, and to share that moment with SGA and and to have a game like this where you're sharing with SGA, you're back in your hometown, you just came off of a game which was your best game of the season where you shot and made five threes in the third quarter and helped the, the Thunder win a massive game. This game can get you back to 500 again in your hometown and really solidify uh, what, what you've been doing this season and, and kind of the, the surprise nature of this season. All those things kind of combined to where I thought Lou Dort kind of pressed a little bit offensively. And that's there's kind of a reason for that. There's kind of a form, uh, you know, a, a, a explanation for what happened here with Ludor. So I think that that's kind of all there is to it. We understand what the issue is. I think that the team understands what the issue is. And we just see, you know, how long it takes to get solved. Uh, I think that it should be solved next year, but we'll see. Uh, other notes from the, from the game. I, I didn't think Sarge particularly had it tonight. I think that you saw that whenever they took Sarge out and put Jerry back in and then he didn't have it and they went to Saar. I thought that Saar actually gave good minutes. Like, I, I know it kind of slapped you in the face whenever you saw Olivier Saar in there and you're like, whoa, why are they playing a two-way guy in such a big moment? But Olivier Saar actually played really well at creating possessions and he only got one rebound, but he got a lot of those tip-outs and a lot of those box-outs to clear out guys to go try to get rebounds. Uh, also had some good rim deterrent opportunities in those 10 minutes. Like, he played really well in 10 minutes, Saar did. Uh, but all in all, when we talk about the struggles of the team, like, Ludor didn't have it tonight. Wiggins didn't have it tonight particularly. Jerry didn't have it tonight. Lindy Waters didn't have it tonight. Usman didn't have it tonight. Like you're, you're starting to pile up all these different guys who didn't have it tonight. And the only ones that did were like Giddy and SGA and, you know, Isaiah Joe was really good with three for five from three. Like those ones that really had it tonight. And Isaiah Joe still took a couple of mid range setbacks that just didn't convert and, and look like bad shots. Again, if those shots go in that way, we don't call them bad shots because he did create space and did, uh, did, uh, get room to shoot. Nonetheless, though, it is what it is. This is a loss, but the sky does not have to fall after every loss of the season. You do not have to uh, view this as a football season. Coming up, Monday, we're going to recap that Suns game. Tuesday, who stood out in the opening weekend of March Madness for the NBA draft? Wednesday, Clippers recap. Thursday, stock watch. Friday, Clippers recap again because it's a baseball-style series. Saturday, Lakers recap. Monday, Blazers recap. We're here for you every single day talking Thunder basketball. Until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 